Welcome back to another episode of the Turn 2 Podcast. I'm your host, Tanner. We are short one. We do not have treasure today, but we do have a little bit of news. He's no longer going to be a guest. He's going to be a regular, a part of the show. Justin is with us, so it's going to be me and Justin rocking tonight. How are you doing, Justin? Dude, I am doing great. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. It's going well, so excited to be part of this. So. Yeah, appreciate you being a part of it. Our conversations yeah. are always, it's always good. We're just laughing yeah. before we're doing this stuff, so. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so a lot's been going on in the league. Um, so we'll just jump right into probably one of the bigger stories, I would say, so far. Uh, Max Scherzer getting a 10-game suspension. Immediate just thoughts on that. that. I mean, I thought it was kind of it was pretty intense, man. Uh, for <laughs> the fact that it was <laughs> for Rosin. Yeah, that's a dumb thing. I don't understand. Oh, it, it honestly is annoying. It's a legal substance yeah. that, they can, that any pitcher can use, and yet... I mean, maybe was he doctoring it, doing something else? Maybe, but like, it doesn't seem that way. No, this did, is the first time he's been caught. So like, didn't her, he like swear on his kids or something like that? Crazy. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he was like, I didn't do anything. It was <laughs> rosin. It was sweat. <laughs> Nothing illegal. And like, he's. I mean, he's been one of the big guys on like the player association. So like, I don't know. I feel like it's a big. <laughs> it's a pretty big suspension. I mean, the games itself, it's whatever. He misses two starts. Mm-hmm. But like this is one of the main guys that goes to the league and say this is what we want, this is the rules we want. Yeah. You know, last year when there's negotiations, he was the big part of it. I feel it's like it's like been... writing another cop a ticket. You know, it's like yeah, yeah come on, he's probably not going to break the rules because he's helping the league on the player side. Yeah, and <laughs> all of a sudden he gets suspended for ten games. You know, one of the interesting things is like, does this ruin his legacy? I don't think it should. I don't either. But you know, you know, somebody's gonna be like, well, you know, that one time he got suspended. Oh, the haters are definitely gonna be there. The haters. Yeah. But I mean, I've watched Max Scherzer with Rick Porcello back in the and Justin Verlander back in the Detroit days, yeah. and I thought he was a little bit overrated then, and then he actually came into being a very good pitcher. In my opinion, I don't think this does much for him because I've seen. Did you ever see the video of Trevor Bauer with rosin and sweat? And he took the ball, put it on his palm, and turned the yeah. ball where gravity should have taken the ball from his hand. And he said, MLB, this is rosin. Hey, You've hey, seen hey. me on video do this. Is this legal? And he was kind of taunting. Yeah. And this was years ago, but that's essentially what it is. Well, did you see the uh, ESPN Sunday Night Baseball after did, that? Did they do it too? They pretty much, yeah. So what they, So I think the story is like he used alcohol to try to clean it. Because the it was in the second inning, mm-hmm. umpire checked him. They were like, "Hey, man, your hands are too sticky. You got to clean it off." So <laughs> they cleaned it off. And from what I've heard is that there was an umpire watching him clean it with like alcohol. So they're now thinking maybe the alcohol <laughs> played it a part in it being sticky. Because I think it was like uh, David Cohn, who's one of the commentators of Sunday Night Baseball. He did an experiment where he did like the alcohol <laughs> with the rosin. And like he was messing with his hands, he's like it's so sticky and stuff like that. So <laughs> they told him to do it, and it made experiment. it worse. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, man. I didn't know that. I was watching the game, and all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, let's do an experiment." <laughs> <laughs> this guy had rosin and alcohol. Oh, and was, like, that's funny. Mixed his concoction of this sticky substance. <laughs> like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> I've seen, you know, what's odd to me, and I understand it. I understand why they do the checks because you've seen, 
you know, players put it on their necks. I've been to a game before personally where I've seen a pitcher in an indoor stadium put sunscreen on his forearms. Mm-hmm. Didn't make any sense to me uh, why yeah. he'd be doing that other than that uh, to get a little bit more grip on the ball. You've heard players talk about how you know they, they don't want to injure other batters because they need that grip. But it's just so odd to me to watch two grown men grabbing each other's hands and just staring at each other like, hey, you going to yeah. let me go? Hey, do you got anything sticky on your hands? <laughs> so yeah. odd I to mean, me. Have you ever seen the uh, video? I think it's like the Twins and the Guardians last year. And the umpire has to like comb his hair <laughs> through this guy's hair no. because the uh, opposing team was like, he's got something no. in his hair. We know it. He keeps going to it. No, I have not seen that. <laughs> I believe it, though. I believe it. Yeah. I'm going to look it up after. That was like a few years ago with Madison Bumgarner when they were, I think they were in Miami and the umpire came out afterward and was like, Hey, I, I took it too far, but he is, they showed the video and he grabs his hand, but he, the umpire never looks at Bumgarner's hands. He's grabbing and like massaging his hands and then it's just staring at him. And it was, uh, and he was just looking for a reason to toss him and Bumgarner got mad. and was like, what are you looking for? He didn't probably didn't say those exact words, but he got tossed because he's like, let go of me, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just an odd yeah. thing, but Scherzer going down for the Mets, they'll be okay. But that it's more about the legacy, I'd agree. Yeah, and I think he's going to be fine. I think in, by next year, we'll probably forget about this situation. Yeah, but I was looking at the umpire that ejected him. His name is Phil Cuzzy. There's been three ejections of these sticky su- substances. All three have been by this umpire. What are you doing, Cuzzy? What and are you everybody's up to? like, is he is he trying to mess up the game? Is he like an undercover agent for the MOB or something? What if, what if he's putting sticky substance on his hand maybe, and like sticks maybe it he's on a him? Sticky one. Yeah, maybe he's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just weird that only one umpire that is since odd. this has started yeah. has been the only one that ejected people. Yeah, that's 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 pretty odd. Uh, I feel like if the the next one cannot be him. If it is because he, you're yeah, getting ejected, like, bro. Hey, someone else gotta help me yeah. out, man. Yeah, <laughs> I can't do this. Yeah. If you know, if you're a pitcher and you know Cuzzy's gonna be out there checking you, I would tack up, dude. I would tack up and be like, "Oh, Cuzzy's crazy." <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, the, he checked him like three times. So, like, if he was cheating, he's either the worst cheater, the dumbest cheater, or yeah. the worst cheater, or he just wasn't cheating at all. And the guy's just super sensitive about the sticky stuff. If you're a pitcher, you naturally go to the rosin. You see that all the time. I mean, I don't. I haven't seen it much this season because of the the rules. But I'm sure in between innings and everything, yeah. they're getting that rosin. So if that's a, are they going to ban rosin now? It's ridiculous. Yeah, and I think I heard Serge would say like, there's no, like measurement of like what's too sticky. Yeah. It's all judgment from the umpire. So he's coming. He's going to suspension now. I do have a guy that's coming back from suspension, Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah, that's a big one uh, for the Padres who it is. They need him. Uh, I mean, they've been struggling. I mean, Tatis has been struggling in the majors uh, up to this point, but yeah. it's been a while since we've seen him, so it's going to be good. To, I mean, he was the face of the franchise at one point and probably still is. Um, He's going to have a blemish, though. Oh, for sure. What a weird way to lean into the skid yeah. of coming back from a long suspension when they're chanting he takes steroids or something as dancing. But yeah, that's a Tatis it's, thing. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he's trying to become like the villain or whatnot. He's doing but a, I mean doing a good job. Yeah. I I mean it's not gonna go away from him. So I mean no. <laughs> at some point I think he's gonna have to embrace it 
I yeah. guess, and take it a little bit more seriously. But th- uh, so you saw Machado and him a few years ago, like mm-hmm. going after each other. I, I don't know if that's a good look for him in that clubhouse doing something like that. Because I, I feel like even Machado back then was saying it's not about you; it's about us, about the team. And when you have Manny Machado say that, you yeah. know, I mean, it's a little bit okay. And then he does that. I mean, I guess have fun, do your thing, but I could see it rubbing people the wrong way in the clubhouse, and that's where you don't want that to yeah. happen. The one good thing is he's got a lot of good vets in the uh, clubhouse. Like, I kind of forgot about that he even got a PED suspension as well, but Nelson Cruz in that line, in that <laughs> yeah. clubhouse, you know, he's dealt with kind of a similar thing. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's going to be a really good guy for him to lean on. How yeah. do you – you know, navigate that. I don't know if Nelson Cruz ever got uh, the type of chance that Tatis is going to get. Yeah, I think Nelson maybe maybe had enough controversy around that World Series. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he didn't necessarily cause that. But it's just like he doesn't want the limelight any more than he He's got like, there. Yeah, it's not. I don't want it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I would have caught uh, that ball. I just needed the needle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I mean, I think he's in a. He could be in a good spot. I think it's yeah. where see how how he grows from this. I guess you mentioned uh, him. You mentioned him scuffling a little bit in the MLB. I don't know mm-hmm. if you saw this, but in the minors, uh, he was not scuffling. He was doing very well. But an interaction between him, well, it wasn't necessarily him. His at bat, he hit a home run and a um, <laughs> baseball. I think it was Fox or something like that. Yeah. They tweeted out and they said, "Holy Tatis, that ball is gone" or something. <laughs> and the overhyped, pi- yeah, yeah. The pitcher. I mean, it's it's a it's a minors. Come on. Yeah. The pitcher that threw the pitch was not very happy that he was celebrated for hitting a home run off of him, and he responded to the tweet with his own version and put it in quotes and said, "Cheater." Hits a home run yeah. on rehab assignment <laughs> during steroid suspension. <laughs> I mean, that's good. Good for the guy, I guess. I, I mean, mean, it's accurate, but it's yeah. still like it's petty. Come on, you gave up a home is. run. Yes. I mean, he was probably just angry that <laughs> he has to face Tatis Jr. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just imagine you're just trying to make the major leagues, and all of a sudden Tatis Jr. just steps in the box, and you're like, "Come on, man!" Yeah, and he <laughs> pimps one like four fifty off you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just trying to make it to the majors. Stop it. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yes. One thing we do need to brush up on. Let's talk about the Rays real quick. They did get close to the record. They tied it. Yeah. Still an incredible run. They did not get the record. No. Still playing extremely well. Still doing a lot. But following up from our last episode, the Rays did not get the record. Unfortunately, but they're still bl- playing extremely good baseball. Did have they only lost one game at home this season? Uh, it's now two. Now two. Yeah, yeah, they've lost. They've lost. They lost both to the uh, Astros. <laughs> Which, yeah, Rays might as well just hang it up for the year. I'm just kidding. They're still a phenomenal <laughs> team. You know that may not. I. It's not necessarily probably one of your top teams, but I would still say they're still playing extremely well, even though they've got some losses there. They're setting the pace for sure. Yeah. I mean, I could spend 40 minutes talking about the Rays if you really <laughs> wanted to. Uh, I was trying to <laughs> avoid them. But, I mean, the one the one thing, they're going to have a tough May. If you look at their schedule, it's a lot of teams over 500. Right now, I think they've only played Toronto and Houston over 500. So, I mean, they've taken advantage of a weaker schedule, which is what you need to be doing. Yeah, you have to. I, they're in a good spot. 
I think by the end of April, we'll have a better picture of are they AL East champs material or are they just a wild card team? I mean, who else is going to win it there? I mean, Toronto is going to have to step up a little bit. The Yankees are, in my opinion, scuffling. I don't think they're playing up to par. I think it's uh, it's way too early to tell. But for me, they're they're my still most impressive team of the season so far. Still a long way to go. I mean, the one thing about the AL East, I mean, all the teams are 500 or above. Yeah. There's very little difference from right now two to five by even, I mean, one to five. Yeah. I mean, there could be, I could see any team being in any order. And I would be like, okay, that makes sense. You know, no one's going to really, I guess, shock me if no matter what order they go. Yeah, and I mean Baltimore's young. I think they're the kind of the wild card to me because how are their young guys right now? They've been kind of, eh. yeah. You know, Grayson Rodriguez been, eh. Gunnar Henderson, eh. yeah. Not like <laughs> that's like the really... perfect way to explain what's happening over there. Is like, yeah, it depends on which team shows up that night. <laughs> yeah, they could go either way. I could see them going, just going south and then going down in burning fashion yeah or i can see them winning the division <laughs> so. yeah it, it's so up in the air so you'd say that the orioles is is one of your top teams but it's not your top team of the week no i mean they've definitely been playing well yeah i got one team though Let's that is kind of the talk of the town it seems like the pittsburgh pirates the buckos you know, they are right now 16 and 8 eating two of their last 10 I don't know if that includes their most recent game. I might have pulled that before that. Um, if not, it'll probably be nine and one or something <laughs> uh, crazy like that. Uh, but first in the central, I don't anticipate them being at that point right now. If you would have told me a month ago, like at the start of the season, hey, in one month's time, the Pirates are going to be leading the central. I'll be like, dude, stop. You're, you're out of your mind. <laughs> you're crazy. Yeah. Even even worse than that is Pittsburgh being on top. Good for Pittsburgh. They need to have a win, okay? But yeah. St. Louis on the bottom of that division. Yeah, crazy. I think I picked them to win the Central. So I <laughs> I think I did too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's always something about them is you just feel like they're just going to figure it out. And maybe they don't. <laughs> <laughs> if this is the year where Pittsburgh finishes on top, yeah, that's a, a surprise in itself. But St. Louis finishes in the dumpster? That would be... I always say this. There's no way they're worse than the Reds. <laughs> there's no way. There's no way a team that has Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldsmith is yeah. going to be worse than the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, I, I just can't see it. Going off the what you said about Pittsburgh, um, I have a little a little snippet about Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So they had a MLB debut for an individual oh, yeah. named Drew Maggi. Why is Drew Maggi important? So he had it a at bat. And he struck out. Mm-hmm. Still a major accomplishment to make it to the league. He's special because he's 33 years old and he spent 13 seasons in the minors. He has played 1,155 games. Tremendous <laughs> amount of games. I even did the math. Now, this is assuming he's been healthy for all of them and he's played yeah. the entire game. Probably not. But assuming that all those games went nine innings, he played 10,395 innings of baseball before he made it. That's, a, that's dedication right there. Is it dedication or crazy? It's got to be a little, little bit of both. Yeah, it's got to be, <laughs> bo- be, be both, right? Both. It's yeah. got to be both. I mean, giving up on your dream, I mean, it's 
good on him. I'm not busting on him for you know trying to chase what he's wanted to be for his probably since he was a kid. But mm-hmm. uh, Maggi has a career 254 batting average with 978 hits, 45 home runs. 354 RBIs and 222 stolen bases in the minors since being drafted out of Arizona State by the Pirates in the 15th round in 2010. <laughs> Wednesday marks 12 years, 10 months, and 18 days since he was selected. Man. That is from ESPN.com. He has, I have a uh, another snippet here. He was, so when he first went up, he got, he, he pulled the first pitch he saw. Uh, foul mm-hmm. and then he got into an o2 hole after being called for a pitch clock violation <laughs> so, <laughs> like you spend ten thousand innings in the minors and he had minors experience yeah. with this because the the pitch yeah. clock was there and then he has a pitch clock violation and but he ended up striking out on. still a big moment for him <laughs> he was quoted after the game <laughs> he said it's the best strikeout i ever had <laughs> yeah, i mean i'll believe it yeah <laughs> If you're gonna strike out anywhere, might as well be on a major league. Yeah, absolutely. Pound, yeah. And you just th- just think about Tatis or you know who we were just talking about. So he's 33 and he was drafted in 2010. That's you know 12, 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. Those guys were 12 and 13, 14 years old at that time. Yeah. Wild, <laughs> crazy, wild. I mean, good for him. I was looking at his stats because like, man, why are they calling this guy up? Why now? And I don't know exactly the reason because I don't think he's playing that well. I think it was batting like 190 in the minors maybe right now. Maybe they're about to pink slip him. Maybe they're about to cut him. I, they're probably, yeah, they're probably like, hey. This is it. Get your strikeout. All right. <laughs> Just retire, man, please. <laughs> We're begging you. I saw the video. He, uh, I think he was in double A or something like that, and they, they um, announced it to the clubhouse, and his reaction was just like, no way. <laughs> you, I mean, yeah, right. He does not, he does not know I'm batting 190 down here. Yeah. It's like, what are you guys looking for? The veteran yeah. presence. <laughs> I don't know. It, I, I guess it's another good story as far as like Pittsburgh is concerned because you don't necessarily yeah. think of them being at the top of the division. They also just re-signed uh, Brian Reynolds into yeah. a long contract. Which that's huge. That is big for them. I think that's like the most money they've ever shelled out for somebody. It was like, what, 106, yeah, 107? It, yeah. It's, I mean, it's it, it's a good amount of money, but no, it's not. Yeah, it's it, not. Yeah, not Otani is probably going to make that in a year. for real (laughs) but still there's a lot of good stuff coming out of pittsburgh hopefully they can keep it going just for the organization because there's there's not many teams that have had a rougher stretch of years besides pittsburgh to me there's only a few but even so like i'm going to talk about one of those later they go up and down but this yeah since i've been watching baseball there's been really nothing good about pittsburgh they talk about roberto clemente it's really yeah, that's all they really got. Yeah, it's really that bad. That in the walk-off World Series, oh, that was like before cameras existed or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the one thing that I was impressed with them this offseason, I thought they had a really good offseason. I mean, they get McCutcheon back, which is, A, really good for the fans. Yeah. But he's also still got stuff. He's still got some left in the tank, and he's just a good veteran presence. Yeah, and you know he's probably got to love it there. He was there for a long time. Oh, yeah, he's having the time of his life. Yeah. You get him and all those young guys. Yeah. You know, he's building a culture down there right now that I think all the young guys are buying into. And it's got to be a fun place to play right now. And that's going to probably lead to why they're 16 and 8, why they're first in the division, why they're playing so well. They're going to start getting a tougher test, I think, 
if they can sustain this, which I don't know if they can. But so far, I mean, it's been a good ride. I mean, at, at this point, they would have to really, really struggle for this season to be a failure for Pittsburgh because they have had so many losing mm-hmm. seasons, so much just bad trades. And I mean, it's just yeah. rough ownership at times. It's like, what are we doing here? So, I mean, what what was the expectation for them? coming in the season like if they won 70 games i would have been like oh dude look at them yeah they're up and coming maybe in 10 years they'll figure it out but i mean at this <laughs> yeah. point you know you don't want to hope for them to you know break 80 but i'd say if they get to the 75 80 mark then that's a big turnaround for that organization yeah. as a whole i mean really anything besides losing 90 plus games <laughs> yeah. would be a major accomplishment absolutely <laughs> right now for them absolutely so i can talk to you about a division that I'm not too fond of right now. If you're interested, <laughs> yeah, lay it on me. Let's, right. let's start. Do, let's do some hate. Let's do some yeah. hate. Some hate ball we've, here. We've had too many good stories. Yeah, Drew Maggi, whatever. You know, let's yeah. get that out of there. Yeah, let's get some disappointing teams in here <laughs> uh, because there's a whole division of them, really. And that's the AL Central. <laughs> <laughs> it's really a two-team race at this point, and we're what <laughs> April 27th right now. Yeah. I mean, the Twins are the only team above 500. <laughs> Cleveland's 12 and 13. You have Detroit, that's 9 and 14. Uh, White Sox, 7 and 18. And the Royals, 6 and 19. And the White Sox have lost seven in a row. Yeah. Well, it's about to be eight tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I was, in, oh, was it like thir- 14 to four? It is right now. On my random team rundown, I said this is a team that just scuffles and they just can't put it together. Blow the organization up. And what I mean by that is not physically. I mean just like trade your guys away, get pieces, do an official rebuild, change change everybody. Let go top to bottom. Change it. Yeah. And to me, the White Sox are the more disappointing one. I mean, Cleveland's going to figure it out. They have some injuries. So I can start seeing them. I don't know if they're going to catch the Twins, but I think they're pretty solid at number two the tigers to the tigers and the royals we just expect just to be bottom for sure and then you get the white Sox, and you're like come on 2021 93 wins that was two years ago you're below detroit probably about to be below kansas city if this continues and i was trying to figure out like what's going wrong with them and i learned everything's going wrong it's there's nothing really positive <laughs> their pitching has been terrible their hitting has been terrible they've been striking out way too much they have a couple of injuries in Makata and Anderson. Mm-hmm. But even if they come back, I'm like, where's the star power? Yeah. I don't see it with this group. The only one and like the only glimmer of hope is Jolito. He's actually been pitching pretty well <laughs> the Has 15 he? days. <laughs> Wait, uh, I can tell you which which games he's pitched. Oh, the seven ones that they've won, he pitched four of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, other than that, I mean, nothing's going right. Dude, they just need to. You got to trade people. You got to start this thing over because the yeah. core that you try to build is not getting the job done. Yeah, it's like it's like at least with the athletics, you're, you're kind of on a team that you understand why it's happening. You got rid of a lot of pieces the last few years. You've retained some and there's a lot of young players that are going. You're on the up. This is like a spiral downward and they just oh, yeah. haven't hit bottom yet. And I feel like they got to hit soon. They have to hit soon. Yeah, they're just not a good team. And <laughs> every year, they always blame injuries. But at the same time, like, if you can't keep a healthy team, you just got to move on at some point. Yeah. But, I mean, even if they were 100% healthy, I'm not crazy about this team anyway. Yeah. I'm just like, eh, 
It's it's just because they they've had the same team for so like it feels like fifteen years and they just haven't. It's of course not been that long, but yeah. they just have not done anything with the talent they have. Mm-hmm. Trade trade Anderson, trade Moncada. I mean, trade Kopech. Get some pieces for these, and then give a reason for the losses. Like, hey, listen, this we're in a rebuild, guys. Put trust back into the ownership and the group that's providing. Yeah. And I think that the organization will be in a better place because these other teams that are not doing so well, you get some bright spots. I mean, Detroit, you get, you know, Javi Baez is kind of out there, but you get Torkelson, hey, he's going to pick it up. He's a young player. You get these young guys, but I mean, these are players that should be doing well. They're just not. Yeah. I I feel like that ownership, just for some reason, it doesn't want to admit their defeat. So they may be just like in this awkward stage of, we're not really rebuilding, but we're also not winning. At this point, they're not competing with anybody besides Kansas City and Detroit for last place. Yeah, they yeah. just got to go a different direction. If in the next month they don't extremely turn it around, and even at that point, they're, it's going to be tough for them because yeah. you mentioned injuries. Every team, that's what makes a team good is because you have injuries and you overcome those. I'm not saying like season enders and you know, Tommy John and – ACLs and stuff, but you get the guys that mm-hmm. have, you know, sprained wrists, shoulders hurting, whatever, and they're out for 10, 15 days, and they still continue to find a way to go 6 and 10, 7 and 10 in that stretch until their guy comes back. But if no one, if, if no one's the guy there, it doesn't matter. Like your injuries yeah. don't matter. If your next guy up's not stepping up, ship them out, even ship the um, stars up. So from top to bottom, coaching, GM, president of baseball, ownership. It's terrible for the fans because they do have Chicago's got a lot of fans, so they yeah. got they got to fix something. Because I am sure Cubs fans are letting those White Sox fans know how bad they are. Well, I mean, at this point, if you are in the Chicago area, why would you even waste your time yeah. with the White Sox? Yeah, I'm going to the I'm watching the Cubs. Yeah, I've been a Cubs fan for years. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, they are. Uh, the whole division's on the struggle bus right now. Yeah, highlighted by the struggling White Sox. Mm-hmm. You see what Ozzy Guillen said? No. So Ozzy Guillen came out and said this team needs to go on a streak. And he's on he's on a I think it was a, a broadcast in Chicago. He came out and uh he said this team needs to go on a streak. When they do, for every game that they win in a row, I will remove an article of clothing while on this show. And why well, no one wants to see that. Yeah, and and, <laughs> and the other guy was just like, I don't know if that's a win or a loss. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why they haven't won since. <laughs> yeah, the Aussie Guillen, it's, it's, it's Aussie's fault. <laughs> Let's see, I do have a brand new stat that I saw. Is it one of those ridiculous stats that's like... So it's not like super crazy. Okay. It's, I don't find it helpful, to be honest with you. But I was like just going through MLB.com, just looking at their articles, seeing what they had, like what's what's going on? And then this just an article about, hey, check out this brand new groundbreaking stat oh great and it's a stat for catchers (laughs) what yeah defensive catchers it is called caught stealing above average (laughs) (laughs) could they come up with a better name (laughs) i mean probably but all it is is it's calculated by caught stealing minus the league average caught stealing what so essentially it's basically like war okay for like catching base runners uh so it describes as the like number of extra basemen that are caught stealing compared to the average catcher okay 
I mean, I guess it makes sense, but they have to come up with stats on everything. So I pulled it up and I was like, okay, let me just see what this silly thing is. And they were able to go back. And I think they have it up until like 2016. You can go back and look at all the caught stealing above average mm-hmm. leaders. So for last year, JT Ramuto was the league leader in this category with 14 plus runs. So essentially if he got 14 more base runners out than the average catcher. Okay. Second place was only five. So Ramuto crushed everybody yeah. last year. Wow. But then I was like, this is, is this really a stat we needed? We needed because then you look at caught stealing percentage. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much the same third. It's calculating like how fast a catcher will pop up and how strong they would throw. And if you're good, if you're really fast and you have a good arm, you're going to get more guys out. I think it's a difficult stat anyway, because the pitcher can totally just destroy that for you. Because if they throw two pickoffs over there, that runner's like getting an extra step for sure. What if the pitcher spikes a fastball or something like that? It's like, yeah. Come so on. the guy that created it, he tried to take that out of it. So the way he calculates it is he count cal- he stops the play right when the catcher gets the ball okay and then he will calculate how far the runner's off oh okay. so like if the runner has a good jump and the catcher doesn't get him he's only going to deduct like zero five percent off of <laughs> his calculation at what point do they not look at this and go this is way too complicated it, um, yeah <laughs> Well, like, the calculation seems simple. Yeah. It's, like, caught stealing minus the league average caught stealing. But, like, how do you calculate the league average caught stealing? Yeah, the, the, the judgment on that's a little bit crazy. So, that was a new stat that I saw, and I was like, I don't – I think we're good. Or I think we're good. So, you mentioned, you mentioned the stats. I have the random team rundown of the athletics. All right. And we will get into some stats and why they're important to spe- specifically this team. So, just jumping right in. The athletics or the A's – Everyone knows them. I don't even think most people know them as the athletics. No, it's all A's. Yeah, they're the A's. Uh, I've been in the league for a long time. They were founded in 1901, but they were not in Oakland then. Where do you think they're originally from, Justin? I want to say Philadelphia. You're correct. They were founded in Philadelphia and one of the original eight members of the American League. They played in Philly from 1901 to 1954 so a long time but then they moved after that but it was not to oakland they actually moved to kansas city where they played for 13 years and boy did that not go well they did (laughs) not post a winning season there uh at that point they had a very uh, somewhat odd owner over there who was trying to do some crazy stuff i didn't want to dive too much into that but (laughs) they uh they actually moved uh, from there they moved to oakland where if I say Oakland, you don't necessarily think of success. Mm-hmm. I'd say if you're 40 or younger, yeah. that's your opinion. But actually, this team is actually quite successful. But they're way more of a roller coaster to younger individuals. <laughs> uh, they are sometimes good, sometimes dumpsters, mm-hmm. dumpster fires. They have won the World Series nine times, and they've won uh, 15 American League pennants. I have to mention the success specifically in 88, 89, and 90 as they went to the World Series each of those years. In 88, they played the Dodgers, 89 against the Giants, and 90 against the Cincinnati Reds. But they were only able to hoist the trophy once in 1989 against the Giants. So 
something interesting about that 1989 World Series. I wasn't around then, but if any of you fans uh, were out there, on October 17, 1989, a magnitude 6.9 earthquake rocked Northern California during Game 3 of the World Series between San Francisco and the Athletics at Candlestick Park, which is where the Giants are from, mm -hmm. uh, and they forced a postponement of the matchup. The series resumed 10 days later after the earthquake, which unfortunately took the lives of 67 people, injured more than 3,700, and caused an estimation of $5 billion in property damage. So that's what that World Series is known for, but they did <laughs> end up winning, winning that one. And, and during this impressive World Series run uh, that they had of multiple years, uh, two teammates were coined the Bash Brothers, and that is Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire. It's funny, Mark McGuire, to me, is a Cardinal. I thought he was yeah. a Cardinal forever. I had no idea. Because when I grew up, it was Sosa and McGuire. Those were the guys. And it was the Cubs versus the Cardinals. Yeah. That's what it was. But no, Mark McGuire was very successful before that. Those two, in the stretch uh, of their careers playing together from 86 to 91, Canseco was traded to uh, – or he – he moved on to Toronto after that. I'm not sure if he was traded or not. Uh, but from 86 to 91, uh, they hit a combined 387 homers. <laughs> McGuire hit 178 and Canseco hit 209. They both were like rookie of the year at one point. Yeah. Uh, I think it was back-to-back -back years, Canseco first and then McGuire. And uh, Canseco won MVP. I, I, don't, I don't recall if McGuire did. But after their homers, they were coined the Bash Brothers because of what they did after their homers. Instead of slapping hands, they would slam their forearms together, hence Bash Brothers. Uh, the Bash was uh, a hit and was mimicked later on by little leaguers, college players, minor leaguers, and it was also performed by the United States national team at the 1988 Summer Olympics in South Korea. So those guys kind of made, I'd say they made a little hip, made it a little cool. Yeah. <laughs> I looked into this a little bit more. I don't think the Bash brothers are on speaking terms now because of Kinseko no. and his yeah. controversy. <laughs> yeah, so I think because of the steroid, both of them have been heavily accused. Heavily linked. Uh, Kinseko, I think, has admitted it, and he's written a couple books, I yeah. think, accusing Mark McGuire. Mark McGuire's like, hey, man, keep me out of this. <laughs> like, I don't want this. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're uh, too fond of each other right now. I, I think, don't think many people are too fond of Jose Canseco in the baseball world right yeah, now. Yeah, it's just, that's a tough one, uh, the steroid era going in through there. And you could see those guys are monsters. I mean, oh, yeah. not, that, not that guys like Aaron Judge and uh, Tyler O'Neill, those guys are massive too, but they were on a different level. And even Mark McGuire during this time mm -hmm. looked like a young, a young fella. And yeah. when I remember him, he was known as Big Mac. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, whether he took steroids or not, that's in the past. But it was a very uh, challenging time in baseball at that point. But a lot of home runs, a lot of people were excited about it. Um, but anyway, there's other things that uh, the athletics were known for. The late 1990s saw the athletics turn to a new management strategy that focused on acquiring cheaper, less known players by giving added weight to in-depth Statistical analysis, such analysis is now referred to as sabermetrics. Mm. Uh, they referred to those sabermetrics over traditional scouting methods, a strategy that became known 
through the movie in the book Moneyball. So actually, and that is actually a best-selling book about the A's general manager, Billy Bean. Many other franchises began implementing variations of that strategy after Bean built teams that qualified for five postseason bursts in a seven-year span from 2006 or 2000 to 2006, while having one of the lowest payrolls in baseball. This tactic has been helpful in the money department, but they have still yet to grab another championship since 89. <laughs> so I looked at it. They made it, as I said, roller coaster. Some years, mm-hmm. terrible. And then they'll make the ALDS. It's yeah. odd. And they'll just kind of come out of nowhere. Uh, some notable players for them. Got to mention Ricky Henderson, mm-hmm. Mark McGuire, Raleigh Fingers, Eric Chavez, one of my personal favorites, uh, Dennis Eckersley. Uh, there's yeah. a since this team is it's been established for so long there's a long list of good players over the years mm-hmm. so i'm definitely leaving some out they've got some great names like catfish hunter and like you know just just hilarious ones but they um definitely a good organization overall and that actually is changing so when we picked yeah. this we had no idea this was happening. We knew that (laughs) this was potential, but this is actually potential for the A's. They've been talking about it for the Rays as well. Mm -hmm. But some pretty big news actually broke uh, on the 21st. Oakland A's are on the verge of moving to Las Vegas. I think it is extremely exciting and extremely sad because that team has been there for 50 years or something like that. Yeah, it's been... It's been a while. I mean, yeah, it's um, been uh you think about just the city of Oakland right now. I mean, they've lost the Raiders. Yeah, they have lost. I mean, the Warriors, I think, moved across the Bay to San Francisco. And then now they're losing the A's. It's like, I guess you're going to have to become Giants fans. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that not to hate on Ricky Henderson field, but that is one of the worst fields I've ever seen. Oh, <laughs> I mean, everybody, good. you know, it's always been the Coliseum. Yeah, and Tropicana is worse too. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, at least the trap has <laughs> AC, right? And then at least it doesn't flood every time it rains. And well, then I don't know if you saw this earlier in the season, but there was a possum living in the broadcast yes, booth. I did see that. I did see that. So funny you mentioned that. I was listening to, I think the Dodgers pod, like not the podcast. I listened to the Dodgers um, crew in a game I was watching. It was just a late yeah. game, and they were they mentioned the possum. And they were talking about how it's running rampant and like <laughs> chewing. And it's like, what? This is a professional organization. Yeah. What is happening? Like people were like, didn't even want to go like their yeah. broadcast booth. They had to broadcast from somewhere else. Like <laughs> what? What are we doing? <laughs> uh, it's yeah, it's insane. But I mean, they've been trying to get a stadium for a, a while. They have I actually have an article. Uh, this is from NPR, uh, which is kind of wild. I was going to read a different one, but it was <laughs> this one's better written. So the Oakland Athletics have signed a binding agreement to purchase land in Las Vegas to build a new ballpark, signaling a move away from Oakland after more than five decades in the city. Team officials announced this week that they have finalized the agreement to buy 49 acres just west of the Las Vegas Strip and hope to play there at the beginning of 2027. And oh. quoting, we realize it is. We realize this is a difficult day for our Oakland fans and community, (laughs) the team said in the statement. The A's hope to break ground next year on a new stadium with a seating capacity of 30 to 35,000. That's a quote from team president uh, Dave Cavall. He told the Associated Press that. 
if the move proceeds as planned, the A's will become just the second major, major league team to move cities in more than 50 years. In a statement, the team said that they made a strong and sincere effort to stay in Oakland, <laughs> where they have played since 1968. The team has played in its current stadium, the Oakland Al- Alameda County Coliseum. I'm going to call it Ricky Henderson Field. They've played yeah. at the current stadium for their entire tenure of the city. The Coliseum is among the oldest stadiums in the majors, and the A's ownership had long been seeking a new park. So yeah. sad for Oakland fans. Exciting. Uh, yeah. For Vegas? To me, Vegas seems like a tourist town. Yeah. I'm like, is there really, like, a lot of... I mean, I guess they are because everybody's moving there, but... Think of Vegas, though. They've got a hockey team, they've got a football team, and now they're getting a baseball team. I mean... They're going to make a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But the one thing I keep thinking about during all of this is, like, how the team's, like, you know, we tried. We tried our hardest to get a stadium. Yeah. Now I'm like, well, of course you're going to say that, and I know what the government's going to say. The government's like, we tried. We tried hardest. <laughs> and everybody's going to be pointing fingers at the other ones because they don't want the fans mad at them. But it's a weird time to announce you're leaving a stadium three weeks into a, a major league season. So I don't know what they're really hoping for. Because if it was me, if the Rays just announced today that they're leaving to a different city, oh. I don't know if I'm going to a game. I'll be honest with you. I'll be yeah. like, okay, well, at least for a month, I'm not going. <laughs> yeah, Dallas Braden, who is one of I I really like listening to Braden yeah. and uh, his broadcast. He's a little bit of a wild man, but <laughs> he he got on Instagram or something like that and had this super emotional like response to Oakland in the city and just saying sorry and that it didn't work. He was sad and he loved playing there and he loved growing there and mm-hmm. it was that was just like. I have no connection to Oakland. I haven't been to California in decades. And I felt like I lost a piece of me from that. I'm like, goodness gracious. I mean, 50, and that's a long time. Yeah. From what I've seen, I feel like they have a good fan base. And I feel like there's people there that, like, support the team. It's just when you don't field – I mean, look at their roster right now. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I'm actually excited to watch this player. Yeah. I'm not really excited to watch really much of them. Yeah. I mean, right now, Brett Rooker is, like, their big slugger right now. And that's, like, the thing that I keep thinking is, like, when was the last time they legitimately, like, extended someone to the point where, like, 10 years, like, this is our guy that we're going to build around? I can't think of the last time they did that. No, they always let him go. They've let him go since Cespedes. Say what you want about the other, all these other teams that, I mean, the Rays do the same type of system. At least they extend guys. Yeah. You know, the White Sox, you know, they're like that, but at least they build around or attempt to build around. It's even different for Tampa because it works in Tampa. Like they yeah. They're making a good they've made decent teams for a while. And I mean, if Tampa was in the dumpster every now and then I would understand, but they just haven't been. But Oakland has just been so up and down, the highest of highs and sometimes the lowest of lows that you can see. And it's kind of a testament to the the fans because they still show up even knowing that they're like what five and yeah. whatever right now, yeah. but they expect that and and then you take the team away from them like why would you show up? It's I feel for them. Bad timing for sure. Yeah, uh, if you're an Oakland like, fan, why couldn't you do this oof. at the end of the season? End of the right, season, at least would have been do much it better. in like December, so I can be upset. 
and then once <laughs> February comes back around, I'm like, okay, I will watch you guys. Yeah, I may not be happy that you guys are leaving, but I will go to a couple games. I wonder how many season ticket holders called and was like, listen, I feel duped. I feel like you know the product you guys, yeah. you're punting on the season, you're punting on the the area. You're saying I'm done. I can't get this done. Why did I give you this money? Yeah. And I mean, if their plan is to do it by 2027, they're not really, I don't think they're going to be fielding a, their main focus isn't going to be a competitive team until that point. Right. No, definitely not. So they're going to be thinking about moving. They're going to be thinking about how do we cut costs? How do we get this stadium? How do we pay for it? And then like, who's going to be our guy moving into that stadium? Because you're going to get the excitement from the new fans. Yeah, You want to have that franchise player at that point. So the concern is probably not going to be, oh, these next couple of years, let's get our franchise guy. It's going to be, how do we get our franchise guy by 2027? Yeah, you're not wrong. They're probably just going to cut costs and do as best they can to <laughs> win 58 games a year. And then by if 2026, that. yeah, if that, 2026, they'll just <laughs> they'll trade for somebody. I don't even know who's going to be good by that point. To me, yeah. it seems like they have pushed their chips no pun intended they pushed their chips all in on vegas well yeah you can't go back to oakland no point. you can't go especially not but they're they're relying on the tourists coming in some of the local fan base that's gotten excited about hockey i don't know if you've seen hockey yeah. like they're they're popping off over there so i haven't i haven't paid too much attention to the raiders but i'm sure that their attendance numbers are really good oh yeah i mean their stadium it's nice. <laughs> it's really nice. They did well for themselves. I mean, it's a different sport. Like NFL, I think, is overall just a revenue machine yeah. <laughs> in America as opposed to like baseball. I mean, baseball makes good amount of money, but not nearly as much as NFL. But I, I think that move is going to be pretty simple. I think the government will be the Nevada government or if it's the local government, someone's going to be excited just to help them pay for it. Yeah. loans or something um, and then once they get that stadium it's already over you know you're gonna make how much more yeah. in vegas as opposed to oakland now now the pressure turns now the pressure turns to tampa and i i don't i don't want tampa to go anywhere yeah only thing i want them to do is actually come to tampa yeah. and i'm and i'm a red sox fan i i, mm. I want to keep baseball in the local area but it, now the pressure's on them because Manfred's talked about how once those two have figured out what they're going to do in the future, they will mm -hmm. talk expansions and yeah. teams and where they're going and what, and I would love for a team, you know, teams to pop up in Nashville, you know, in uh, North Carolina, even, you know, just these different places yeah. that deserve to watch baseball instead of uh, such a wide region of, Hey, we got to travel hours and hours to get to a game. So yeah. sad stuff for the Oakland A's. <laughs> if you're an A's yeah. fan out there, it's tough. Um, we actually, wrapping up, we actually have something a little bit different here coming up. I'm not going to be doing a random team rundown next week. I've got something new for you and Treasure, but that's when she gets back. So Ooh. that's all we've got for you today. Justin, appreciate you being here. Again, Treasure's out for now, but uh, we will see you guys on the next episode of the Turn 2 Podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next time.